Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar Podcast. As always, I am Joey, and we have a larger than normal group here today because we have a larger than normal slate, which is exactly what Steve wants to hear when he has editing to do tonight and tomorrow. Hooray. But yeah, nope, more excited than usual, as you can hear. Um, I guess we'll start with Steve. He's here. Hey, Steve. Hello, I'm here. Yeah, well, stands to be determined still, but yeah, hypothetically, you're here. Uh, Miles. Where is Miles? Where in the world is Miles San Diego? Uh, Miles is on his honeymoon and is currently in a hotel in Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, my wife is on the bed just next to me. So if you hear any giggling throughout the show, that'll be her. And if you hear any meowing throughout the show, that will uh, also be her. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a record of his honeymoon. We can play for his children one day. You all should be right. so lucky. Yeah, well... Night is still young. Ryan, what's up? Nothing much. Just trying to survive this crazy movie season. I feel like I'm seeing like four to five, six, maybe 10,000 movies a week, it feels like. So, yeah, other than that, it's been great. Yeah, last week was close. Was that for me? Now it's interviews and then catch up stuff. Because I actually, this week is catch up because I think on Friday I have to put in my CCA ballot. So yeah, less, I heard about last that. minute stuff yeah. there. Yeah. And uh Amanda, Amanda Spears is here for the first time. Hello, everyone. Hello. So we are going to talk about some of the things that I saw last week and some of us saw last week. We'll backtrack a little for what people have seen that we talked about in weeks past, and we have some questions. So we got a little bit of everything coming because we're we're sort of at that point now where we know what everything is and we know where it is in the season, but we don't know what it's going to do. So to some degree, there's a lot of just speculation. So we don't need to do all that today, but we'll, we'll start some of that. But as always, it's good to sort of clear the pout a little bit. Let's do a film Hawk face-off. And Ryan McDermott's one this week is Kirsten Dunst related. So uh, Amanda, it's not hard. Basically, I give two films. You say your preference, um, okay. and we'll go. We'll go. Uh, Miles, Brian, Amanda, Steve. So first off, we have interview with the vampire or Little Women. Obviously, the one that she is in. Is that the? I assume that's the ninety-four version that I haven't seen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not the. Not the. Uh, not the cameo you missed in the last one. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe it was a blink and you miss it situation. Um, well, I haven't seen the 94 one, so I can't really speak to it, but I love Interview with the Vampire, and I especially love her performance in it, so that would probably be my vote either way. All right. Uh, Ryan? Uh, what were the two ones again? I'm sorry. Interview with the Vampire or 94 Little Women? Not to be confused with 94 Little Women. It's the, Interview uh, with the Vampire. I was never a fan yeah. of the 94 Little Women. I know everyone holds that in uh, high command because of they they want to be like oh well Greta Gerwig's new one wasn't that good because ninety four was mine and it's just like no it, it that movie is is not you that great uh, <laughs> trust me you, it, there's there's someone out there that that like that is like that um, but Interview with the Vampire is great like Tom Cruise is great in that movie uh, Brad Pitt she's great in her little performance as well yeah so yeah. I wish there were more of those movies. Um, but uh, sadly, they'll never do that again, probably. Amanda? Oh, um, for Kirsten Dunst only, I, I actually like her little, like Little Women, but 
for her performance, I would go with her Golden Globe nominated performance in uh, Interview with a Vampire. And someone wisely did not tell her at like 11 or 12 that she could lose. They told her she was going to win. So she spent the rest of the night crying, which is not good. Interview with a vampire. I'm like, who tells a 12 year old they're going to win? Come on. Steve? Uh, Interview. I, I don't I, I don't mind the 94 little women but I don't think she's a standout but she is a standout in interview of a interview with a vampire fair enough uh, yeah no I'll, I'll go that way too I, I'm I'm a little more lukewarm on on vampire than than you guys but it's good little women is fine I, I think a lot of the love for it is based on if you're the right age it feels like it's talking to you and that's that's totally fine but yeah, I just if you if you look at them as individual films, I think one is clearly the the better film with the better performance. But it's not. Well, she's a, but she's got more to do in in interview with a yeah, vampire. Totally, no. She arguably has the showiest, if not second showiest, role. Whereas you know she's part of the ensemble. Otherwise, all right. Next up, we have Jumanji or Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, sorry, you cut out. What was the first one? Jumanji. Or Kiki's Delivery Service. Yep. Um, I like I like the first Jumanji well enough. I think, honestly, time has not been super kind to it outside of Robin Williams' performance, and it's got some real janky CGI throughout. Um, but she's fine in it. Um, I would go Kiki's Delivery Service, though, because Miyazaki all the way. Or I should say Studio Ghibli all the way. Mm. Well, Miyazaki all the way. You can say that, Miles. That's fine. Why well, I, um, I I blanked for a second because I wasn't sure if that was one of his. No, that no, it, it is. is. It is. It is. Because... Okay, the Miyazaki all the way. Like I said, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's my favorite uh, Miyazaki film. Um, it that doesn't get more innocent and pure uh, of a movie than that. And uh, I usually don't like the dubbing, but her perform her voice performance and it's really good. And Jumanji, I was just never a fan of, though I like the the rebooted movies that have come out over the last couple of years. So yeah, I are, think I like the new ones more than the original. Maybe yeah. that's sacrilege, but they're yeah. just more fun. They're just more entertaining. Uh, not to say that, you know, uh, the original doesn't hold a, like a, a weird place. Cause that's like one of those movies they show you a lot when you're a kid. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Kiki's all the way. Fair. Amanda. I haven't seen Kiki's, so I will have to go with Jumanji. Fair enough. Steve. It's one of the few Miyazaki's that I haven't seen, but I haven't seen it. So I will have to go with Jumanji. I agree that Jumanji, the new rock Jumanji, uh, Kevin Hart, the first one's good. The second one I thought was atrocious, though. So for me, it's uh, it's number one rock Jumanji, followed by the original, followed by part two. All right. Um, I Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Miyazaki fan, so... This is a lot more of an even race to me than than for you guys. Uh, I'll go Jumanji just by a little bit, but yeah, I think I think the the new version of the franchise has been more fun. Jumanji, I think, is nostalgia, but beyond that, yeah, if you're watching it as cinema per se, you're not gonna get that much out of it. beyond like oh Robin Williams, but even even so, and I think she's forgettable in it. If we're thinking about her performance, not nothing to write home about. Uh, better things to come, though. In the next one, we have the Virgin Suicides or Bring It On. Oh shit! Sorry. 
No, you can cuss on the show. It's fine. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Miles? <laughs> um, the Virgin Suicides is a movie I always feel iffy about. I like the book better, and I think it's doing some interesting stuff, but I also never really gravitated to Sofia Coppola as a filmmaker. Mm. Um, but I think she's doing good work in it. Bring It On is... I guess it's good for what it is, but is it transparently not a movie that was ever intended for me? Uh, so between the options, I guess I'll go Virgin Suicides. All right. Ryan, was it made for you? Oh, I really do love the Virgin Suicides. Um, I, I just love Coppola as a director. I think she, she works best when she's with Kirsten Dunst, um, but also with Bill Murray, I guess. I mean, <laughs> any other movies yeah. that aren't with those, uh, they're not really my favorite. Um, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with Virgin Suicides, even though Bring It On is, is, uh, it's a kind of a time capsule. Like we don't really see a lot of like those studio comedies, uh, in that vein of like, it was Bring It On and like Mean Girls and stuff like that yeah. coming out way back when. So, uh, but yeah, Virgin Suicides, it's one of those, uh, justifiable indie sort of darlings from the early nineties and whatnot. Totally. Amanda, you're excited. Like so. Yeah, this is like asking me if I like cho- if I want chocolate ice cream or strawberry ice cream. Like I like both. It just depends on the day. So like you could ask me this tomorrow, and I would say something different. Um, I think the fact they've never done another like decent bring it on proves how hard how they caught kind of lightning in a bottle the first time. Yeah, but I think for showing her acting chops, I'll go with the Virgin Suicides. Fair, Steve. Um, I think Bring It On is more clever than people give it credit for, especially with the 20 uh, straight to DVD follow-ups. It's just one of those franchises that what shouldn't have been a franchise should have been a standalone. Right, but you, you, didn't, a, you didn't like Bring It On, It's Already Been brought in or whatever yeah. they call number seven? <laughs> yeah, all those, yeah, all those different variations on the Bring It Brought and so on and so forth. Uh, but it's a fun movie, but Virgin Suicides uh, by far. Yeah, I think that's how I'm going to go as well. I, I don't love Virgin Suicides. I'm, I, I yeah, my, my Coppola starts with Lost in Translation, though I do randomly go to the mat for somewhere, which I know no one likes. Um, but Virgin Suicides, I think I'm closer to Miles than I appreciate it more than I like it, but it's hard not to recognize that like it's doing a thing and she's very good in it. She's good in bring it on also, but I... Yeah, oddly, if you asked me which one I would rewatch now, I'd probably go with Virgin Suicides just to like see if it would hit me harder this time. Um, yeah, close one though. This should be a close one for people. Also, Spider Man Two or Eternal Sunshine. Ooh, um, hmm. Because Spider Man Two is one of the great superhero movies of all time. Still, I think. Uh, but Eternal Sunshine is probably one of the best movies that she's been in. Not necessarily one of her best performances, but just best overall movie she's been involved with. <sighs> this is a tricky one. Um, this this seemed like the one meant to trip you up personally. Yeah, no, this is this because I love superhero movies and I love art house fluff as well. So it, it's really rocking a hard place. Um I think if you were to ask me which one I wanted to rewatch, I would probably lean towards Spider-Man 2. Hmm. Fair enough. Ryan? Spider-Man 3 all the way, I know. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, what is it, Spider-Man 2, right? Yeah. Um, I will take that one. I like that film a lot. 
Um, I yeah. don't think it's the great comic book masterpiece uh, yeah. that everyone says it is, but it's a very entertaining film. And one of those films, like when I watched uh, in the theater, it was just like, man, it, it hits you at like the right time. And every yeah. and and um, you know, for reasons uh, that will be coming up soon, there were uh, there's a reason to watch these Spider-Man movies and kind of go back. And I also think like they're just really different because Raimi is a, a, just a, a more elevated director than the Marvel directors and and Mark Webb and is able to bring his sort of style of horror and uh, action to those movies and and make them really pop. And, and she's a very good Mary Jane. Uh, She'll always be Mary Jane to me. Um, No matter who plays it, even though Zendaya is great. You know, she's just the original. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember whether it was my first or second, but Spider-Man 2 was my first or second IMAX movie. Like, you know, Lincoln Square, like full-on New York, big deal IMAX. It was that or Matrix Reloaded, um, which I always remember still my grandfather took me to and was just annoyed. Mm-hmm. He was like, I didn't like the first one, and this one's way dumber. Was with Matrix, not Spider-Man. He likes Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, Amanda? Oh, remember when they cast Americans as Spider-Man? Um um, um, I'm gonna go with oh gosh, now I can't Eternal Sunshine because I am just not a fan of the Spider-Man in general films. Personally, I'm uh, maybe it's just because I've been inundated with them le- recently, but I-, I just don't want to watch any Spider-Man film ever. So I'll go with Eternal Sunshine because I do think she has enough to do in the kind of mm-hmm. like B plot she's in. Fair enough. Steve? Um, they're both great. I, I like Eternal Sunshine uh, a ton, but I don't think she's... Her role isn't as uh, pivotal as her role in the Spider-Man films. And I think her Mary Jane is maybe the best Mary Jane. So let's go with Spider-Man 2. Well, just uh, to be clear, it's the only Mary Jane so far because Emma Stone is playing Gwen Stacy and Zendaya is playing Michelle, who happens to go by MJ. It's MJ. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. real? I thought yeah. she was in. Uh, that's in Homecoming. They call her Michelle the entire movie, and it's a twist at the end that my friends call me MJ, but it's not. It doesn't stand for Mary Jane. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. In that case, she is the best Mary Jane. There you, there you go. go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I I like Spider-Man too. I don't necessarily love it as much as everyone else. Personally, I like the Marvel ones better, but that's me. Um, Eternal Sunshine is one of my top five movies of all time, though. So this one was easy. Love that film. She might be better in Spider-Man too, but the the movie is you know apples and oranges to me. Midnight Special or Hidden Figures, two movies that have never been spoken about in the same breath. <laughs> Same year, right? I think so. Or uh, maybe a year apart. But yeah, really apart. No, 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 I think it maybe was Loving the Year of Hidden Figures. Both of no Midnight Special and Loving were the same year. Then yeah, I, I, maybe it was. Maybe it was. In any event, Miles. Um, on the surface, easy question for you, but <laughs> I I think mid I think Hidden Figures is fine. I don't think she's anything noteworthy in it. Um. Midnight Special is a flawed movie, but I do like Jeff Nichols overall as a director. And I think it's, even if it doesn't quite get there, it's doing something interesting genre-wise. Um, yeah. So I think I'll go Midnight Special. Oh, um, I like Hidden, Hidden Figures is a really like good crowd pleaser. I think Janelle Monae is 
really good in that movie uh, and didn't get enough credit uh, that award season. Um, but Midnight's, I really like Midnight Special. And I know it's got flaws for people, but I really connected with the emotionality. And I really, um, I really love her performance, very subtle, and uh, with Shannon and everybody in that film. So, and I was able to, a couple, and I know this is kind of humble brag, but uh, I saw the Tinder Bar a couple of weeks ago, and Jeff Nichols moderated a panel with Ty Sheridan. And I was able to tell him how much uh, a friend of mine and me really appreciate his work and something like this too. And he was like, oh, so you guys are the only ones. Because uh, yeah. he knows that not a lot of people really like it, but I, I, I find a lot going for it. So yeah, I picked that one. Kind of love those conversations where they're like, really, you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I'm like, I just want to see more movies from you because you're a great director. Yeah. And he's just like, no. I hope. Trust me, I have way too many of those while doing an interview with someone. It's like, yeah. by the way, I love it. He's like, really? You're really? sure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You I can tell me there was like a true. there was like a grin in his face too because it was just like yeah. thank God somebody liked it. <laughs> you know? Totally, Amanda. Uh, I'm gonna go with Hidden Figures. I am biased. I love this movie. I've said it before. It should have came out in November, and instead of Green Book, it would have won Best Picture. Maybe, maybe. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, given the choice between those two, uh, Steve. I've not seen Midnight Special, so therefore I'm going by default with a film I really enjoy, Hidden Figures. Fair enough. Um, I I did like Midnight Special a fair amount. Um, I didn't think it was a great movie, but I thought it was rock solid and you know solid hit up the middle. Uh, Hidden Figures, I eh, like. I I think it's fine. I don't have any major complaints about it, but I I never got caught up in the magic of it all. So I, I will go midnight special, but it's, a, it's an no easy shade watch. On. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, like my folks don't watch movies per se, but they'll watch like the same three over and over again when they catch on, <laughs> and they will watch Hidden Figures every time it's on like FX or something, like edited it with commercials. Yeah. And if I'm by, if I'm by there, I'm usually just like, come on, like that there are the other. First... Good. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. That's the first one I would say where, like, from the SAG Awards, like, you started seeing the trend of, like, you need a mixture of not only, like, film stars, but you need some TV stars, too, because, you know, she had just been in Fargo, Kirsten Dunst, and then had Jim Parsons in it. That's when you really started changing. Oh, yeah, you never, you never want to doubt the power of a large voting body like that. If you can pull from a couple of avenues, it is a definite feather in your cap. I mean, that's, you know, there are other reasons why it won, but it doesn't win without that little extra push, considering what was sort of happening that year. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. And uh, shockingly, it's uh, Sophia Coppola related. Uh, Marie Antoinette or The Beguiled? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Sophia Coppola fan. Um, Marie Antoinette is interesting. Um, I don't think it's an amazing movie, but I do kind of dig on the anachronistic approach to it. And I think she's very good in it. The Beguiled is a terrible, terrible, stupid, boring, terrible movie. And she's not even especially good in it. So I'll go Marie Antoinette by a landslide. I know this is going to sound bad, but I haven't seen either. And uh, mm. so I have to abstain. What? I've, no, and and I will remedy this in 2022 for reasons I can't say on this show. 
Um, but uh, suffice to say, I'm looking forward to seeing those finally in the new year. Amanda, there was a giggle. Um, you know, I just recently rewatched um, Marie Antoinette. And I think as far as like an atypical biopic, and the fact that it's kind of in a fishbowl makes sense because that's how she, Marie Antoinette lived her life. Hmm. I'm going to go with Marie Antoinette. Sure. Why not? Also, I think the beguiled is boring and dumb. And yeah, she yeah. she could have been replaced by almost any other actress in that film. Yeah. All right. Turn turn to your left. Miles, turn to your right. Air high five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Steve, where are you um, at on this one? Uh, Beguiled is okay. Uh, Marie Antoinette is at least uh, visually stunning. And uh, and Dunst does some great work. You know what I like about Dunst? Dunst is not like, you know, people know her, but outside of film people, you know, film people like ourselves, um, she's not always talked about, but she consistently shows up and delivers. And it's, it's, uh, it's nice to see, you know, Ryan McDermott, uh, digging deep and pulling yeah. out a, a Kirsten Dunst because they I mean, need more representation. I mean, I am a little annoyed he didn't include Elizabeth Town, which I love and only I love, but where, where I mean, was sure, I'll That's the one I was hoping yeah, for. Yeah, for real. Yeah, where, where was that one? I was waiting for that. Yeah, yeah one. a little surprising. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, Marie Antoinette could be fine. They're both mediocre movies to me, so I'd probably sooner rewatch that one. Um, before we get into some of the films, we're going to sort of tie it into the awards race because uh, it's in the title. Uh, Kay Flea 208 has a couple of questions, one of which will lead us to our films we've seen recently. They ask, who do you have in the DGA5 right now? And now I need to find the rest of the questions. So stand by. But yes, who is in your DGA5 now, as well as the five in the DGA first time feature? That one is very oh hard to God. do because God knows that one is the rules are too quirky. hard on that one yeah they they every so often something will get nominated and you're like uh i don't believe that's a, for a feature debut but all right cool whatever you say um in terms of the dga5 i think and you guys can give me your opinion but I, i'm sort of working under the impression there's a pre-nomination five that you just kind of have safely there and then unless the precursors up until that point really rally around something you wait for the upsets to rework the dance card but it does kind of feel like in whatever order you want jane campion kenneth Branagh, denny villeneuve paul thomas anderson and um spielberg are your at least now five now there's quirks to that because the dga is different than the academy and the academy especially that branch goes more international so i don't think you can assume denny is going to scratch that itch but for the moment if you want to think of like what's the boring five per se and that's not necessarily boring that's kind of where i'm at where um does anybody have a different person in their five or they think is probably nominated we can do that Let's can you same, repeat same those order. five just one more time yeah sure so i have um order doesn't matter but kenneth branagh for belfast jane campion power of the dog denny villeneuve dune Paul Thomas Anderson, Liquor's Pizza, Spielberg, West Side Story. Those seem like the, if you had to place your bets on the five right now, that's who would get it. I don't think it'll be the ultimate five. But for now, waiting for DGA to, to make, you know, 
their case, that's where I'm at. So, um, Miles, do you have another person you can think of, or is that sort of where you're thinking five wise? Um, hold on, I'm just I'm pulling up a list because yeah. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Campion, I definitely agree with. Brana, Villeneuve, definitely agree with. I'm the one dragging my feet on the whole West Side Story situation, but realistically, yes, Spielberg's probably getting in there. PTA, yes, although I feel like out of the five, he's the most vulnerable. Probably. Um, but that said, that would pr- I, I would agree with that five. I would say maybe someone like a Pablo Lorraine, or um, if they do go international, maybe a Pedro Almodovar. Pedro Almodovar could maybe sneak in. Yeah. Um, but um, I would say those first four are very safe. Yeah, Lorraine seems more and more like a lone director if that happens, because he also right. might scratch the itch of like the international flavor while still yeah, being a film once, they like. Once international feature kind of shakes itself out, then whomever's directing like the international feature predicted front runner, I would I would say is probably the one to look out for. But I, I would actually right now bump Spielberg for Joel Cohen. Ooh, maybe. Okay, maybe. I can hear that. Yeah. I, I think he's he's at least doing something different. Yeah. And when you do Shakespeare well, which is something, you know, Brana knows, because I believe he is the last person for Henry V to be nominated for an Oscar for directing Shakespeare. Uh, you, you tend to get the you tend to get the accolades. And he's someone who also ironically will not qualify for individual first feature, even though he's directing without his brother. Yeah. I so, mean, that one... um, that's the one I would look out for, and I'd look out for Del Toro. Yeah, those are the those are the two I was expecting to hear, and like I, I think both yeah. are possible. I think they both will need to maybe do a little better top of the line than they might do at the moment. It depends. I wouldn't. I would say those are they're they're a thousand percent top ten, probably top seven. Then you maybe throw in uh, Almodovar in the eight. You're right about the international feature thing, just because. It's such a sort of wonky lineup now that there isn't a way to pick one. You know, the year of Parasite it was very easy to pick one. Cold War, like it, there were years where it's very clear. Well, the, the... the year of Roma, we had two. So you yeah. had Julia Ducan- Ducaranu for Titan. I could definitely see that possible, happen if they but... want to go a little more outside the box. No, they, my, maybe, yeah. not, my... maybe not that, but maybe the Oscar she sneaks in. Or she gets right. a I think nomination. DGA is harder for that. But yeah, BAFTA yeah. is, I think, where you'll see some of these, the movement, whether it's the Titan director could be Drive My Car has come on strong recently. The worst yeah. person in the world has this weird issue where every single person who sees it, loves it, says it should be nominated for a million Oscars. Terrible. And issue. then it doesn't like never come out or screen for oh. people. So like it's it not. Terrible yeah. Thank you, Steve. It's not coming to, like, it's not hitting people in the way it needs to to capitalize on that. Like, everybody hears it's good, but the amount of people have seen it is a, is a fraction of what they would hope for. So that's that's a weird quirk there for that one. So I, I don't think that one will end up happening, though, just personally, I think that one is the best of a lot there. Plus, you know, we, we don't really know what the international flavor would be. Also, what's, not, what's eligible? Also, I'll, like, what, I'll just point out that you know, not not to get into this too soon. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you, you know, Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins already won DGA for for West yeah. Side Story in 1962. So if there's this been there, done that attitude, they they could 
easily omit Spielberg for someone else they already love, like a Del Toro or a Cohen brother. That's uh when we talk about West Side Story in a minute, I wanna I wanna get into that because that's a thing that I'm rubbing up against a little bit. But my, my um, feeling right. is, and maybe I'm yeah, wrong, I, I don't see Villeneuve as a as a lock though. Fair. Yeah, I don't see him as a lock either, because that movie is gonna need so much below the line support, and he's already kind of done that. Like at least the rival you you least we all thought Amy Adams was gonna get in, and it's like I really don't think anyone from that cast is getting in. Well, I don't think anyone from the casting him, but I think it's going to lead the way below the line, and that well, will help a lot. Is the technical achievement of the year to say that he is not? He is the ultimate lock, in my opinion, for this. For I, don't, I wouldn't well, call yeah, him. I'm, I'm kind of with Ryan here. I think. I mean, the this. Fact that I mean, this is the movie that the that everyone. No, this is the movie that everyone said was going to fail at the box office. That was that, and this is this is the movie that Hollywood wants to champion, because this is a movie that. It 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 power it's it's power at the box office. It's critical success. You have all these major stars. You have a director that's already a part of the club as well. It's no other film of this scale exists with all this exquisite cinematography and everything below the line that's going to happen. It it doesn't need to have acting nominations. If anything, I mean, it it could it is one of the very few contenders to lead in the morning for Oscar nominations. So to say that probably it doesn't mean he's going to win DGA, but for a nomination, he seems the most likely out of all of them because he has something that the others like Brana and Ronaldo Marcus green and PTA and all those don't have, they have a movie that visually is wonderful. And yeah. that, that goes up into like the gravity sort of territory. Well, the DGA, yeah. Yeah. The right DGA is not going to exclude him. I no. think his well, his his potential is whether he misses on the Oscar morning, yeah. which I don't think will happen. But he that's where the lock isn't happening. He'll he'll show up everywhere he needs to. It's just whether the people who don't think about Hollywood and don't think about the box office and are are much more esoteric in their thinking go, eh, it's a popcorn movie. And whether rightly or wrongly they think that, that's where they'll their votes going to the Pablo Lorraine. The the only two you know, I the Joel feels- Cohen's feel safe about right now are Campion and Brana. Yeah, they should the they rest, should be very safe. The rest I feel it's like a, it's like didn't Campion lose to Spielberg for I, I I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it's like it's like a runoff of uh, of people who were nominated in the nineties. Yeah. Like, oh no it's camp. it's a very it's a very like remember us lineup. The only the yeah. irony is I think if licorice pizza wasn't as well liked as it is people would assume it was more of a lock because, you know, obviously Phantom Thread was well-liked, but not necessarily beloved. It, it had the people who found it cold, myself included, but they... Sexist. I know. I, I think it's well-made. I just was bored. That's um, one of my favorite films of the decade, so... Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think there was there was more of a divisive take there. Like, there was a wider chasm on whether you loved or hated it. I didn't hate it. I, I don't think he's made a bad movie yet, but that's much... That's on the lesser PT. I just... I'm a Boogie Nights Magnolia Punch Drunk Love PTA. So the closer he does to that, the, the more I like it. But point being, I think because he's consistently shown up in the category recently, and that was a surprise nomination, that if this was closer to that, I think people would just think, oh, he's in. But the fact that people are championing him for the win a bit more, you inevitably have that thing where then you get paranoid. About like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe he just won't get nominated because people get burned recently, whether it's Bradley Cooper, whether it's, you know, pick your pick your poison on the recent like, wait, they're not in the line. You know, the Sometimes the, the hardest place 
to be as far as like expecting a nomination is the one you'd place in third because it's like exactly. you don't have enough passion well no one yeah no one's first choice and then yeah. who's second choice you say that's why it's the irony of like why preferential balloting is helpful for that but a straight vote is not um what about for first time i know those of you who have seen pig are big on that one but i don't know that he's necessarily a, like a front runner who do you think if anyone has one off the top of that, is the like first timer of the year that you can't ignore. Like we said, Cohen's not. I think not there. Are, I think there are three. Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yep. Hall, she's very safe. Hall Probably for passing in Lin-Manuel Miranda. Just, oh God! Please uh, don't I, I, do it. For please, tick, tick, boom. Jesus. It will. It will please. happen. It no, will I, happen. I. I agree with all three of those. I agree with. Uh, is it Sarnowski mm. for Pig? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. I think they're all at least there. strong contenders. Um. Isn't the, the the person that played uh, the person that did Coda? Are they a first time director or uh, Sheon Header? Yes, is Header? Yeah, think so. If she is, no. then then she could be. But if not, then I apologize. I, I no, it looks, like a, it looks like she did a she looks like she did a film a few years. Yeah, he back said uh, Rebecca Hall. That one I agree with yes. too. Yeah. yeah, I mean those those seem like to be the three because oh the, you know who's a because a, a definite possibility. But here's the thing: like you were saying, there's three sort of locks, and then. I you wouldn't say lots. Of, I'd say they're in the front of the pack. Yeah, there's a lot of very similar filmmakers. I think at that point, where they they could get it. Um, Emma Emma Seligman for Shiva oh, Baby. Um, well, if Fran Kranz from Fran Kranz, I was just gonna say for Mass. Yeah, that's yeah. That I, I mean, Mass that, is one that you yeah. It's got to um, land. Uh, I don't know about yeah. DGA W. I mean, if they had a first time, do they? They don't have first time category at WGA. No, I mean, no, uh, they don't. About, they really should. That's terrible yeah because there's because there, it's not a bad year for first timers because lauren hadaway i think is a first timer for the novice the, de- the problem with the wga is you have to be a member of the wga to even be nominated so it's not even yeah. a good bellwether for what the no you can't uh yeah you can't make any wild assumptions about them when they'll inevitably leave off three of the ten ultimate nominees but yeah this is a, three. exactly i think this is a good like prep for where that's going to go i want to i want to come back to dj a little closer to voting um but this is a good segue to some of the things that we've seen so let's we were we kind of got into west side story let's talk west side story um miles hasn't seen it i know um I Amanda, seen it. okay ryan you have I, right i have seen it yes. and steve's seen it so the three of us so like we'll, we'll, we'll but technically we'll... technically amanda has seen it yeah, yes, I mean, I everyone has seen it. You I've just seen haven't it. seen this version. Yeah, yeah, you've. To be fair, you will not be shocked by anything that happens in this yes. movie. I will, Look, I will as tell long you as that. it doesn't win editing, I don't really care what happens. What's so What's, cra- really what's crazy is is there is a uh, there's sandworms in this one, Amanda. So you gotta be careful. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, Ryan, they're saltworms. Yes. Yes. Um, Look, yeah, as no, long the, as the Steven Spielberg's editor doesn't win and Thelma Schoonmaker gets one more chance at being the first person to win four Oscars for editing and she get, it gets to be a woman, I don't care. Knock yourself out. Give it another five, six awards. I don't think you're in much danger of the editor for West Side Story winning. Yeah, um, there we go. Then I can like calm down a little bit at least. Yeah. I, I, I think I might be the most reserved of the three. So... Um, mm. I'll start off and we can get progressively more exciting. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think it's an unnecessary movie, but welcome to Hollywood. I can't use that as a, as a critique, but if you're going to make this movie, then I would argue you shouldn't, but if you're going to having Steven Spielberg do it is, is a pretty good ace up your sleeve. And I think a lot of his casting works, the ones who don't really only one, 
that bothered me. And not even because of personal stuff, but just I didn't think he was good in the movie. Really does stick out like a sore thumb, but most of the other casting is very good. And I loved, I did love the look of the film. It looks phenomenal. The feel, I didn't get the feel of the magic that I, I think they were really shooting for. It was, it was in a way to me like watching a very expensive experiment. Like in the way that Gus Van Sant was an experiment, it was a bad experiment to do Psycho Over. This is just, well, what if Steven Spielberg made West Side Story? And I think it's successful, but I, I think the excitement over it being good is where you're seeing some of the like, oh, it can win Best Picture praise. I mean, it's going to do very well, but to, I think Amanda had brought it up before with like, obviously people, it's won Oscars already. Like it's not an unknown territory. I do think there it will be a segment. won the, 10 Oscars. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is it has, the winningest musical in Oscar history. It only yeah. lost one Oscar. Does anybody want to guess which category it was? Mm. Anyone want to take a guess? I'll take that as a no. Uh, okay, so short, it only uh, lost... Short link, uh, it was lost the international feature. No, <laughs> it lost best <laughs> screenplay. So Tony Kushner, sorry about your luck, but if you knew anything, you'd know musicals are not the way to get another Oscar. No, that is not where it's going to happen. But no, you know, I, I, I just have a problem with any film that's a dance movie where the choreographer is not listed as one of the directors because this is a heavily choreographed movie. I do think that's a DGA thing these days because yeah. you don't see it ever. But that's a, that's a fair point. I think the thing about this one is um, the people that it's playing most towards mostly will love it, but there will be a segment of the community that's going to go... I love the first one. I, I'm not even interested in it. And that's a problem. Like you, if you're, if the people you hope love it, even if it's 1% of them won't even watch it, there's Oscar calculus there. But just in terms of the movie, mm-hmm. I'm, I would say my like three out of four stars is, is very fair. Um, I think Steve liked it a little more and I think Ryan liked it a lot more. So Steve, go next. What do you think? Um, there is a lot to like about it thing is though you know what works it, it's it's hard what spielberg did is he didn't fail the source material yes. and that's a big thing and you don't watch this and say what was he thinking well, did did he not understand the magic of the original but understanding the magic of the original and recreating it are, are two separate things i think he did a great job but there are a couple performances that fall flat not wait maybe not i think there's one that falls One's very flat. One's it's very, it, very flat. It, I'd, say, I'd say it's pretty flat. Um, there are moments that it, that it works. There's other moments that said, did he, you know, did he not read the script and fall asleep and, and wake up and go, oh, shit, I got to read these lines and just. I mean, the thing is, the person you're talking about is the person you would assume it's Ansel Elgort. We just said um, his singing is fine. The th- part you thought would be the roughest. Totally fine. The acting where he should be one of the best actors in the cast is is just indifferent you know what me, it seems like, like to me he feels like he feels like hayden christensen in yeah, these in he's, the he's a, mopey, he's like, he's a he emote, he doesn't emote that <laughs> oh he doesn't emote that uh the energy that the heart that spirit of the of the role if you go back and watch it's a clip of the original you're up oh, well it's it's you know the original's head and shoulders the performance there um but that's what i think it's there are there are times uh uh, some of the songs, uh, the the I forget what the song was in the gym, uh, America, fantastic. Uh, but there are others that like this is them playing 
that scene up again and not never coming close to that same you know level of of uh, spirit or energy of the original. Uh, oh, but yeah. with that said, if you have not seen the original, I think it'll play better. I think it's a, a very good film. Technically, I think there's a lot to love there. Um, and, and, you know, the cinematography, the music, you know, everything about it. But also it, it's uh, the last third year. Eh, it, it may make, it could have used maybe some uh, a retweaking for a more modern audience. Like the, something about the pacing seems off there. And like, yeah, I, I kind of lost I, it. I'm like, when do we, yeah, I, I stopped caring and, or my level of caring dropped and then it stayed there. So. Yeah, somebody misunderstood when I was like, it's too long. Like, it's about the same length as the original. I was like, that doesn't mean the original's not too long. Also, you can mm. you can be amazing and still could use a pacing thing. But I also want to talk about that with Nightmare Alley, but we'll do that in a minute. Uh, Ryan. You know, I wonder if we're going to see like a situation, you know, and I haven't seen the movie, where like with Mary Poppins Returns, I guess, no, they're not exactly the same thing, where it can get five or six Oscar nominations, but it'll miss out on anything for lack of a better way of saying it above the line one of the top that, seven yeah. i mean that's where i was that's where i was until i watched it and the 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 crowd really did eat it up so i'm a little higher on it now but could very easily like if he misses dga for example or it's like it'll be on the pga list that's just it's too clear cut a thing not to but if it were to start missing anywhere then yeah it could totally be a you know production design cinematography Sat, score sound or whatever what did pick your five you can't get a score nod no no i meant i meant sound but i wanted to say i yeah. was trying to figure out admitting <laughs> editing or mixing it's a long day but yes there could be there could be a world where it gets five texts and that's it um ryan you liked it more than i did yes um and i think i was mostly surprised by how much i liked it um i'm not necessarily yeah. like the biggest fan of the original i think it's a a, a, a very good film it's not my favorite musical of all time um but uh, I just thought a lot of the changes that he made, Steven Spielberg, um, were subtle enough, but important. And I do think that from the opening, you know, obviously crane shot of the of the film, uh, there's there's that Spielberg magic that I think we talked yeah. about a lot when we talked about movies from our childhood that we see that I felt in this project that I hadn't felt in a very, very long time. And the reason why I felt that is because this felt personal for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it felt like it, it felt like he was, you know, he was making something that inspired him again for the first time in a long time. That wasn't, that wasn't sort of paint by numbers, you know, or, Oh, he read an article or always oh, saw all the president's men or whatever. Like this, or he was doing a, a, you know, he read a book and it was like, oh, what if I did this, you know, this, you I mean, know, BFG or I did this other stuff. And yeah, interesting. I think it's going to, I think it's might be why you also see him follow that up with the Fablemans. Like his, yeah, like, he's following it up with his Belfast. Yeah. yeah, his Belfast next year. Because uh, I believe they also confirmed it's going to be in black and white. Um, but uh, I, I really was impressed by the choreography. Um, I think. At times, the cinematography is uneven because at times I think it's very bright and beautiful and exactly what I want to see. And then it gets mm. really dark, like the night sequences and the stuff with the sharks and the jets are very dark and I, and I don't like it. Um, but and I think some of the editing, it's a little much. And, and I do think that it, it does run a tad bit long. But 
what makes up for this and why I love it so much are these performances. And I think um, DeBose, Zegler, Alvarez mm-hmm. um, are fantastic. Feist is, is, is fine. I know everyone's going crazy for him. Um, but I was all, I was surprised by Ansel Elgort. I did like him in this role. Uh, Tony is a very uh, one-dimensional sort of character, and I thought he did the best he could with that material. But Rachel Ziegler, my God, it's like an angel when she sings. Yeah. She's, it's incredible. And the, the balcony sequence uh, where they sing tonight uh, chills down my, down, down my arm. I was like, I was like this, is, this is cinema. Like, it's, it's beautiful. And it's, and it's yeah. like Spielberg at his finest uh, yeah. the first time in a long time. And I just, uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, there's something about it. It's got that yeah, magic. And I think is- Rita Moreno's great. And, and uh, in, in her small bit too, of connecting the, past and the present i do think tony kushner's script uh has really interesting things it's trying to say uh i don't think they 100 connect the way through but i do think that this is a movie that's very um of our time and and speaks to it um even more than it did way back when and i don't think it's going to win best picture i think no, it'll no, be no, a very it'll be not. a lot of it'll be a lot of nominations probably for sure yeah, uh, and it'll be, like it'll be sort months. of a I see this as like an appetizer for next year when we get yeah. Spielberg's very, you know, personal semi-autobiography. Oh, yeah. no, Can I interrupt I, real quick? Quick. Because you, you keep mentioning the Spielberg magic. My thing is he it's like someone ran the ball to the five yard line, then handed it off to Spielberg and he went for the touchdown. He, there's not like as if a lot of this isn't, you know, not just inspired, but some of it's shot for shot. Um a remake at, at points or very close to it. Maybe not identical like the uh the psycho remake where they you know tried to yeah no that was really that was to... a formulaic uh, yeah, shot for shot. But there experiment. is a there this there's nothing about this that doesn't feel like as if he is emulating the original uh at times. That's why I'm like, well he he appreciates it. He remade it. That's where I agree with Joey's like was it necessary? It seems more like a, a passion project, more like, hey, I'm Steven Spielberg. I can do this. Who's mm-hmm. going to say no? Than it is an, a necessary uh, remake. You know, I that's always to, uh, been my problem yeah. with this uh, uh, yeah. from the beginning is, is that there are very few people in the industry as a whole who could do anything they wanted. And there there's like are, two. Yeah, but there is a there's lot Spielberg and Tarantino. Things. There's really kind of the only two. And well, Nolan, I would argue. I, I, mean, I would argue that Spielberg, you, you know, someone would probably at least try and rein in a little bit Tarantino, I think. So I think that, you know, Spielberg saying, you know, I want to do a musical. The first time I heard that, I thought, wow, that's, that's, you know, I get it because, you know, it would be exciting. It would be new for him. It's something he hasn't done. My problem is, is that, you know, even in a Sondheim's musical catalog, catalog, for example, for, you know, there, there are musicals that haven't been made into films. There are a lot of great musicals that haven't been made into movies. Yeah. Why do you need to have the ego to do this? And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to get, you know, Rita Moreno to, you know, not voice any criticism. But what about George Chakras, who played the original Bernardo? We, we haven't heard anything from him. And, you yeah. know, say what you want about, and I get it, they put Latino people in the cast. His, uh, but you know he what? was at the... His, he was, at, or I, I don't know if he was the, uh, the original Bernardo, but I know the original uh, riff was at the premiere 
and I believe his daughter tweeted out that he loved the film. So. Well, George Shakris was not, you know, we haven't heard from him and say what you want about that. It was still a landmark achievement for film to have two Hispanic winners on the same night yeah. in the supporting yeah. categories yeah. and to see their, their moment in history kind of erased because they need to redo this film. I mean, there, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I actually think that um, as a Latino, I would say that this movie uh, doubles down on that and Spielberg made it a point in this film um, this isn't a spoiler, but this is what's been talked about, which is he does not add subtitles to the way they speak. You have to, as a white audience, figure that out on your own through the way they talk, the way that they, uh, they, they communicate with their hands, the, the way that they speak with passion. You have to figure that out on your own. It's a very forward thinking film, which is surprising considering the fact that it is coming from Steven Spielberg. You would think that this would maybe come from someone you know, that is a Latino director or even uh, produced by someone like Lin-Manuel Miranda. You know what I mean? The, it, it's, it's surprisingly the subtle changes in this film are, are spoke to me in a way. And then also, yes, having Rachel Ziegler as the lead and having our first ever uh, Maria be Latino on, on the big screen and she knocks it out of the park is, is saying a lot. And they, and people are eating this up at screenings no, left and right and and, and 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 i don't think being done away with that's my my fears that people won't oh see no i think that i think you can have this film and you can have the original it's not going to erase you know a classic if anything this is not a, a to me and this is how it's also been stated by spielberg and everyone else and i agree this is almost like a revival you know on stage where you have the original production of of a musical come out and everybody loves it and then many years later they revive it and that that show wins tony's for for those performances and i think that that's a lot what this is and i think it's a, a crowd pleaser and people want to see a really good musical it's a shame that you know other they didn't see the other musicals that have come out this year uh, or that are going to be coming out this year with Cyrano still coming out uh, or you know like earlier in the year within the heights but this was always supposed to be the more uh, the most audience friendly one because it is an existing property, but there's a way you could have done this and it could have just been very bland and, and boring. And it's kind of hard when you have Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner doing it, but they did a really good job. And, and I was, and I was shocked because I was not, because it is not the, the track record for making remaking best picture films is not very good. And, um, and so what they did here is is a, is one of the bigger surprises of the year for me at least. Yeah, I, I want to uh, oh, go ahead and then it's give your thoughts and I want to move on because I want to wait until everyone else has seen it so we can come back to it. Uh, I felt where they didn't use subtitles. I'm like, okay, I speak very limited Spanish, and I'm like, I want to know what they're saying. And I could okay, I could watch their emotion. I understood the 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 emotion of the moment, but the subtlety of it was lost on me. I'm like, okay, what is exactly is being said here? I'm interpreting. It's like a kid interpreting when my parents used to speak Polish. I'm like, I don't know what they're saying, but I know they're angry. Mm. And that's what I felt here. I know they're passionate, but what is it exactly? I'm like, I understand it. You know, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, man, if I was at home, I'd be looking for the subtitle button on my TV to figure out so I can truly understand what was in the script, not just my interpretation of it, but what was being said what the characters are saying. I'm like, I, I understand the idea, but imagine going to all foreign films 
and this is not a foreign film, but all films with foreign languages and saying, and I've done this when you're watching on TV and your subtitles aren't on. And you're like, I'm trying to guess what they're saying, you know, and, and I, I, same thing here. I'm like, it's, it's fine. I get the idea. It's, it's well-intentioned, but at times it was a disservice. I'm like, okay, I can only hope that my interpretation and I did not write West Side Story or any other Oscar nominated, Tony nominated film or play. So therefore my fill in the blank, this is like, it's like playing Mad Libs. I'm like, well, eh, probably not the best uh, version of what I should have been seeing. So you know, yeah, I, I think I understand what they're trying to do. I don't know if it's if it's if it really works. Yeah, let's come back to that once more people have seen it, because it is a I understand both sides of that argument. And I'm not fully sure where I where I fall just yet. But I, I agree. I'm not 100 percent sure where I fall. Either, yeah, I, I think the people who don't I thought like it was it, a, I think most, a very interesting and creative technique. It's definitely I interesting. I think it. the people who don't like it mostly are making very bad arguments. And that's that's part of it. Like, I don't want to be on that side, but I think there is a, a more rational. And he's like, not saying you're, you're, you're making bad arguments, Steve. I, I, no, I no, I think Steve is, is making yeah. the, the more rational point. Yeah. I think a lot of the like, well, it, fucking, it should be in my language is not productive. That's and, just yet, and yet I would say and it works both ways because yeah. you do see the passion and you're only seeing the human element of them. But then I feel at the same time, I'm kind of, you know, like I said, interpreting myself. I, I think, did it take you out of Steve? Did it take you out of the movie? No, it didn't take me out, but I, I was trying to, I, and I had seen the original, so I'm not completely lost. Yeah. And I think the last Broadway version of West Side Story did this also. It's not yeah. a, and I mean, if you saw this tech. on Broadway, I mean, they're not going to put subtitles up. To me. Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. Yeah. But yeah, so let's, well, let's see. There's a way when, of doing it for operas. I've seen operas. Yeah, but, no, and, operas, but operas in, 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 uh, on Broadway, the 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 way they emote the way you know they're they're selling it bigger and and yeah so it, it's it's a, it's a creative choice i'm not 100 percent sure where i stand but yeah there's more to be said about west side story let's let's come back because also it'll be out this weekend so next week's episode i think more people will have seen it so that'll be i think a little more i will see it by next week yeah just like i think you know i i gave my thoughts on licorice pizza a couple weeks ago but we're still like that's Unless you live on the coast, you quite you quite, haven't quite seen it. So more people have seen it, but no, there are more people haven't seen it than seen it. I mean, listen, I I am happy to talk more about it because I'm quite a fan. But yeah. there is uh, I have some que- Joe. You and I have to talk about. Yeah, it. I've got some questions for you. Yeah, we can we can. Uh, well, I think Miles, you're probably still another week out on that one, right? Licorice Pizza. Yeah, I probably won't get a chance to see it till closer to Christmas. Okay. We'll, oh, what a, we'll what a gift to unwrap for everyone. Yeah, no, it's it's delightful. Actually, I took I saw it a second time. I went to the 70 millimeter screening oh, um, on over the weekend, jealous. and it was it was nice to watch a second time. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Nightmare Alley just for a little bit. Same principle, like we'll get more into it when more people have seen it, when more I've of you guys it. can chime in. I've seen it. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone you, get it. you live in New York or LA. No, I live in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. Yeah, we get it. You live where there's a major market. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, I thought it was was solid. Uh, another movie that I think is way too long for what the story it's telling, which was, again, I like that I get a very weird reaction from people. They're like, because I said a lot of the movies felt a little telegraphed to me. And like, but it's a remake. I'm like, yes, you can still tell a story a second time. It's not without... technically a remake. It's exactly it's another an... adaptation of the book because it's more of I, yes, I have more of... read 
it's kind of the same thing with True Grit, where there was yeah. a, an original, but the Coen right, exactly. Oh yeah, and also it's weird to argue with people who haven't seen the movie, so they can't possibly know what you're referencing. But there is a, you know, people who know the book or the movie kind of know where the original, know where it's going. And I think this movie, this version, makes it clearer a lot earlier on, which I, I wish there was more mystery to it. It's this very solid noir. I think he is having a grand old time Guillermo del Toro um, bathing in film noir. And the cast is the ones who aren't like wasted by having nothing to do are really up for it. But at a certain point, there's also, I think, a couple of shots that are just too on the nose for, yeah, I know where you're going. Don't like spell it out with capital letters. But this is not to say it's not good. I, I just wanted to set the stage for that because I know, I think, Ryan, you were very much anticipating it. And I think Steve and Miles are still very much anticipating yeah. it. I'm seeing it next week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a big Del Toro fan. Obviously, on the record, not a yes. big fan of, oh, dog. Um, the Power the of the Dog, dog already off, out on Netflix. Hey. Yeah, uh, it but, is, yeah. actually. But uh, no, I'm not a big fan of Shape of Water. And uh, I know that that's blasphemy around a lot of parts. Uh, sorry, Miles. But I'll live. Um, I think that this is a, a better effort, but it, it's still the more I've thought about it, the less I actually like it. Same. Um, I think that aesthetically, it's very impressive. I think yes. the production design, the costumes, the the cinematography is really great. I think some the of these on the screen. Yeah, exactly. There's no denying that Guillermo del Toro can put it all, you know, visually on. He's one of the best visual directors we have, period. And and I will say, even though he, you know, for someone who's so gregarious and fun, he makes very dark films often. There is a like pleasure you can tell in him making this very dark exploration of like the worst of humanity. Well, you can tell he's doing it with a smile. Well, that's that's the thing is, I mean, you can say that I was sitting there going, why did you make this movie? Because well, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And I never and I never and maybe it's going to take another viewing to figure out why other than he wanted to remake this this classic that he uh, reveres. Um, and he did make some changes from the original and from the book that were that were necessary to sort of make it more realistic and not yeah. over stylized. But um, some of the supporting cast is very good. Like Willem Dafoe is very good. Ron Perlman's very good. David Strathairn and Tony Collette are very good. In their various yeah. five-minute parts, they're all um, kind of wasted. Blanchett's doing a performance that I think we've seen her do kind of before, um, but only now she's doing it in a noir as opposed to in like a Marvel movie. Um, Rooney Mara and Richard Jenkins are completely wasted, yeah. and I think this movie is going to teeter for audiences whether you can buy into Bradley Cooper in this lead or not. I know that Leonardo DiCaprio was one of the real first people that Del Toro wanted to play this part. And the whole time I was watching the film, I couldn't get that out of my head. And that never happens for me. I never am one of those like, oh, well, he wanted to be this person. No, no, no. I'm never like that. But I can understand why Del Toro wanted Leo to play this part, because I think there's ways the character goes and the way that the character acts that much uh, better suit DiCaprio's acting than the the stretching and limitations of Bradley Cooper. Now, I don't hate Bradley Cooper. I think, I mean, if you once you see Licorice Pizza, there's there's no better like cameo supporting performance you'll find this year because he's great in that film. But he's completely mismatched in here. 
I just was kind of scratching my head by it. And it's really long. It's another two and a half hour film. And I don't think it justifies its runtime. There's uh, there's stuff that could be cut out. And ultimately, it's it's like, I, I don't. The, well, I'm sorry, Amanda. I was going to say, what was the budget on this one? Because It's $100 million, like, I believe. Holy. Yeah, it is an expensive movie. It's a very it's expensive movie. Considering he won Best Picture for, for a film that costs less than 20. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's it's the not surprising it. too. He does dabble back and forth on the budgets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Cause he's capable of both. I think the odd part is you, you feel like, I feel like he more than almost any filmmaker is making movies for cinephiles. Like who yeah. loves a movie as much as I do. Here's a movie for you. Like that seems like what he would is doing at all times, but it's, it's noir. If you've never seen noir, if that makes sense. And, and Ryan, you might get what I'm getting at. Like, so much of it, if you have an idea of what these type of movies do, is so telegraphed that there, there really isn't a surprise to it. So many characters are doing things that you're like, oh, in a half hour, they're going to do this. And sure as shit, they do that. And I just, I feel like he's so talented and he has such talent around him in this movie that they could have played with it so much more or leaned into that I'm just homaging noir as opposed to trying to go both ways and, and kind of having this muddle where it, it just, it also just builds to something that I, I feel like you shrug your shoulders at a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even know. I, I, I love his, his, you know, early work and even you like, like, you guys like more than I do of him, but, and, 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 yeah. and I just, and I think that this newer direction where he's trying to be a noir director you know more classic hollywood is not why i fell in love with this director and yeah, he, I, he's and, a more he's more playful than this yeah it's he's becoming more studio and 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 it seems like you know with even with the hellboy movies he was in full control of those like the studios had to like like they got what they got and they didn't yeah. like it but it is what it is and those movies are great um, and I wish they would have made more money because they deserve to. But these last three efforts, like Crimson Peak is, is, is good. It's not great, but like he's even admitted like uh, when he watched, uh, sorry, Amanda, when he, I saw in a Q&A when he said, when he watched Phantom Thread, he said, I was trying to make Crimson Peak like Rebecca and, and now I see what I should have made. And yeah, then Shape not, of, not and to then, be confused with Rebecca, the remake, which was bad. Yeah, exactly. And then Shape of Water, I just... I never got the hype for that, but I know it works for a lot of people. But this, I think this is a, a darker, uh, more uh, narcissistic or not narcissistic, uh, nihilistic is, yeah. is the word. Sorry, nihilistic uh, view of the world. And that's not really what I usually get from him. He's more he's, he's a little bit more optimistic. And so yeah. um, it's it, I don't hate the film. I think no. it's like a three, well, three well, out of five on Letterboxd or something like that. But but it, it's one that I, I, I was a little disappointed with. We'll get into it more when uh, when more people have seen it. But I will say, because I want to get to a couple of the other films that we're sort of backtracking on and play a quick game. Um, color me surprised that of those three films, because I saw those two and something else that last week, my favorite film last week was Cyrano, which would Good not movie. have expected going in. Good movie. Yeah. Really, really rock solid. Like, I think the fact that the Desners doing the music really helped because that movie has such a modern feel for being a classic movie at the same time that it's, it's just very pleasurable to watch that movie. So again, another thing when more people have seen, but I'm we're so excited off. for Peter Dinklage. 
He's I he's know, me too. He is fantastic, and this is the best Joe Wright movie in a very very long time. Yes, oh. I uh, I interviewed everyone, so we're gonna have that closer to release. But um, when I spoke to to him, I I know he had said at a, at a thing earlier that day that I was at that he's a, a big fan of the National, and I I, I it felt like I made his day. I was like, you got this, you got paid to sing National songs, and he was like, I know. He was very happy. So you can tell that this was just like, I'm thrilled that I get to do this. Also, you know, his wife did write the thing that helps, but it was, it's a lot of fun. We'll talk more about it soon. So the, we had another Cavefly question. We're going to wait until next week on, but I wanted to backtrack on some things quickly. Uh, Miles had a bunch of movies he's recently seen that I've already talked about, but some people here have not. So a quick on those miles and then if you're if you're good we'll play a little arm and white uh yeah so uh i had three that i managed to cram in just before we left um so i saw tick tick boom uh which i really really enjoyed uh i think andrew garfield is my current favorite male performance of the year um don't know if he'll win but he'll definitely get nominated um i just really enjoyed it i found it very relatable uh as a you know as a white man who has struggled with artistic success going into his 30s somehow it spoke to me um but i think it's just really well done um really well edited um i just found it very emotionally engaging uh got to see spencer um right now i'm convinced kristen stewart's winning best actress i think she's phenomenal in it i'm talking about pablo lorraine films i might even like it a little bit more than jackie uh which i know people have kind of been back and forth on i know parts of it are a little divisive but the mood of it really worked for me um, out of the two Johnny Greenwood scores this year. I like the one in Spencer a lot more because I find it more experimental and engaging in that way. Uh, mm-hmm. It's visually lush, very moody. Um, you know, the fact that they sort of took this real person and constructed this like elaborate psychodrama around them, I found very compelling. Um, and then I also got to see the power of the dog, which I think I need to watch a second time because I got it, but I don't know that I got it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, Fair. <laughs> I had to go online and read about what happened to understand what the twist was at the end or that there even was a twist. Yeah. Um, and I realized, oh, okay, I needed to, like, I, I picked up on all the things that happened, but I didn't connect them in my mind. I will um, say that it's probably true because I, I saw it a second time when I was out in LA and immediately, like literally first two lines of dialogue, you're like, oh shit, I get it. Like it's it's almost built for the second viewing, and I say that. Yeah, and so maybe I'll I like it a lot more in the second viewing. Um, I'm a little disappointed that it didn't grab me as much the first time through because it's one I was really excited for, and it's like I like all the elements in it. I think Campion's direction and writing are fantastic. All the performances are fantastic. Uh, you know, one of Cumberbatch's best performance, easily Cody Smith McPhee's best performance. Uh, Dunstan Plemons are doing very good, even though their roles are a little smaller. Um, visually, it's stunning. Good, good Johnny Greenwood score, although at times it does feel like reheated leftovers from There Will Be Blood. Um, all the elements of it worked for me, but it, it felt a little bit too subtle at times to the point where I felt like it was keeping me at arm's length when I really wanted to engage with it more. Hmm. Um, so... A little, a little mellower on that one, but I might reassess my opinion after a second viewing. I, I like that film more about, about 45 minutes after I left the theater. I really enjoyed it. And then I just had a, a long walk through Manhattan and just kept 
just, you know, I took my time. It was just sitting there thinking and thinking about it. And as I started to piece it together, I was like, yeah, you meant I, it might be my favorite film of the year. It's definitely in my top five. Um, but I, it, like you said, it is very subtle. And I think that if you miss something, I, I, it could be a head scratcher. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that's eh, so worst movie of the year and all that other shit. That's eh, come they're out. wrong now. But it doesn't have to be the best. I don't wrong. think that's a lot of people, actually. It's Oh, no. No, no. no. I, I mean, you're, I'm, you're, Maybe I'm like general people, people, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know. General general audience. I'm but, talking... Like, Spencer's getting torn apart. Like, it shouldn't be torn apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also the the Kristen Stewart people who are God. anti-her. All the yeah, states. But my, my point is, though, so. it's a subtle film and that I think it's something, if you do give it the time it deserves, if you do give yeah. the thought it deserves... Uh, and probably a second viewing is going to really help uh, most most people. And I, I can't wait to watch it again myself because I think I'll pick up a lot. But it's a very clever, very uh, mm-hmm. well planned out uh, film. And I, 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 I like her as, as director right now. Quick housekeeping thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, since um, Steve brought up his his favorite film of the year, like for top ten lists, like. Um, We'll do this quickly since we don't need to do it on air. But when do you guys think you would be comfortable with a top 10? Like last year was wonky because of took months for everything to come out. You know, I'm obviously like basically good to go next week after I see Spider-Man and Matrix. But I, I would love to have the lists up like second week of January. And you guys I think, think that's that that's I, would I, need, think... I would need some access then. I would be good with that, Joe. I know everyone else is different, but. I just need to see Matrix, and I've already confirmed that it's a week from now, and then I'm good. Yeah, I see Spider-Man on Monday, Matrix yeah. on Wednesday, and I see, and I yeah. see, and I finally get to see the worst person in the world, which you know, uh, this weekend. So, you know, when I can see that, what you buy a mirror? <laughs> uh, he was he was due. No, I um, bought a portrait well, yeah, of we'll, you. <laughs> we'll we'll talk off air, Love and we'll Steve. pick a day, and uh, you know, people will have to lock in what they have then, but within reason i'll let people update like if someone's missed you know somehow missed belfast or something like that and they submit their 10 and they watch it a week later they can totally let me know if it needs to be updated but i yeah i just i hate the people i hate the sites that like put out their top 10 like valentine's day like i don't it's people are already i think think that february is is a bad time and and yeah it's too late even though i can understand doing it last year but I think also too, yeah, like, last year was the, the like the week after Thanksgiving is also terrible. Like, yeah, no, no, I, like, I, think, I think the the sweet spot is like next week, all the yeah. way up to like the first two weeks of of the I, year. Maybe I used to always away. when I would when I would do before I you know ran a thing when I would just do on like Twitter my personal awards. I would usually do them Christmas Day, and like would more people have seen them another day? Sure, but like it felt like the right time, like technically everything you would see is out like whether you've seen it or not it now exists so like i think christmas to new year's just you don't have a lot of people paying attention there's other shit going on in the world but like that first or second week of january it feels like the right spot for everything's out here you go but just whatever you guys can stay tuned for that so Uh, my my feeling is is i think first or second week of january is good and then you just put a little uh, note at the bottom these are the films i have yet to see yeah, yeah, no, we can we list. can find. Oh, yeah, no, like people like Kendall and Casey are going to have a lot of things they didn't see. Like there are people yeah. who have more or less access. So we will we will take that into account. Yeah, that, that um, will have to take into consideration. Like right now, I'm in like in the heights would be in my top ten because. Well, we can't have that. 
Oh, no, Wait, you can have that. Good hey, I'm that's kidding. A... Okay. Hey. Not going to be my 10, but you can. It's in mine, and I've seen a lot of stuff, so it's okay. John M. Chu is the best musical director. I don't care what anyone says. That was the I best musical director. I don't know. Right in, right in Spielberg do a great job, but I think, I think you might. Yeah, in terms of like energy. Yeah. I feel what, it with that song. Yeah. I, th- I do, yeah, I do like, think Serena uh, the was the power best of the dog. You know, I, I just wanted to say, you know, I think Cody Smith McPhee gives the performance that Timothee Chalamet always wants to give. Yeah, it's I can different. see that. It's, um, no, it's so nuanced. It's so yeah. withdrawn and interesting. They both have that kind of gaunt, slender look. They, they are really... both they are both they are both future slender men. You are you are true. Oh, I can't um, wait for that. Oh, that movie. Really yeah. was impressed by what he was able to do. And I'm not as familiar with his work uh, as I was with oh, others. Right. I also just don't get the, the appeal of Jesse Plemons. He seems to be like yeah. either the luckiest person in Hollywood or one of them. It's like, how is Friday Night Light, Breaking Bad, mm. Fargo? It's like, what in the world? I, I don't get it, but good for you. Knock yourself out. Here, I'll let's. Let's wrap up quickly with a couple quick Armin Whites. So Armin White hates everything. Amanda, you might know this. So we uh, we play a game to find out did he like something because every so often he did, and it's almost always something that you don't expect, and his explanation makes no sense. So we'll do this the quickly and then we'll wrap up. Well, it's on the list, so you'll find out. Um, so uh, same order as always. First up, did Armin White like Dune? New New Dune. Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah, there's no way he liked that. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. Yeah, it's too easy. No. He says, if you expect a sensual, kinetic, visually exciting movie version of Frank Herbert's renowned 1965 epic sci-fi novel, be prepared for a presentation of global malaise instead. Because remember, he also writes for a right-wing <laughs> paper, so it has to be yeah. something like... How we're terrible. Um, yeah, he didn't like it. Uh, did Armin White like Last Night in Soho? No, because it's too... Um, I'll, I'll wait my turn. Too many, too many women in it? No, I was going to say it's too... It takes place in, on the East Coast, so of course not. Yeah, I, I don't think he liked it. Which movie again? Last Night in Soho. Last Night in Soho. Um, oh... There are elements I think he could like. The problematic then, ones? But yes. But I think mm. like the oh this one's tough. No, I don't I don't know. I don't think ultimately I don't think he's gonna like it because he doesn't like Edgar Wright because Edgar Wright makes fun movies and he's not fun. Mm. Steve. You know what they say? Go big or go home. I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna go big and go home. He loved it. All right. And it's a hell of a pull quote. Everything about Wright's checklist filmmaking is unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Trying to make both the, no, it, try, he's got he's going on. Trying to make both a pop culture jamboree and an expose of female exploitation means last night in Soho is diversity gone mad. <laughs> and it's the whitest yeah. movie of the year. Diversity gone mm-hmm. mad. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, I like how Did he used arm- jam- I like that he used jamboree. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun word to work into something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did Armin White like the French Dispatch? Ooh. No, it's too European. Yeah, that's my thought as well. <laughs> I'm going to say he did. 
because it's just wide enough for him. Oh my God. Now it gives it Jeffrey Wright a prominent role. Dang it. That's true. Anymore. Yeah. And he plays James Baldwin. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it. Though. Like it. I'm going to keep yep. it with, yes, he likes it. He did French not dispatch like it. is a millennial creation set at the title mm-hmm. publications headquarters in the precariously named town. That means it celebrates journalism as a class marker. American arrogance serve a la franchise. He, uh, he doesn't like it because it's too American somehow. Damn it. Um, Damn it. <laughs> Man, I thought I'd go out all over the place. I, I thought I'd go. I can't I'm imagine telling him you. Liking, I can't imagine him liking Wes Anderson stuff because it's too millennial and hipster yeah. for him. No, yeah. but it's well, but it's but it's also like it's also like it's pretentious, but it's not his yeah. kind of pretentious. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Did Armin White like Spencer? Uh no way. No, because he would that would mean he would like to he would have to like Kristen Stewart and uh, the community that's a part of, which is the LGBTQ community. And also, and he would also have to appreciate princess Diana because he definitely sides with the Royals because he would definitely be okay with them murdering her. (laughs) Oh, they didn't murder her. Oh my God. Yeah, they did. Oh, straight up. They did. Yeah. Yeah. There's blood on them hands. The comments of Robin um, or Robin Ryan McQuaid are his, his and his only. Please do not contact. They're not, they are they are not endorsed by Words Radar. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what, yeah. All right, Amanda and Steve. Yes or no? I'm just getting in the man's mind. Uh, I'm going to go with no because it's too elitist and the LGBTQ thing. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah, That's a good call on that. I'm going to say no as well. Yeah. Spencer itself is only a half bad movie. Oh. Promoting mm. idolatry for a public that has lost respect for tradition and that has mm-hmm. no sense of duty or sense of occasion. Yeah. He's just blaming you. It's not the movies. No, he's bl- he's blaming that you're not with the monarch. Yeah. Basically. Basically. That's <laughs> what I said. He, thought it, was, that- he thought it was only half bad. So, yeah, that's fair. Did Armin White like Belfast? Oh, well, no, we, we already did this one. He doesn't like it because of Jim Morrison or whatever. Yeah, you're right. You're sorry. We did do that one. Oh, um, I will. I yeah, because he didn't like it. He well, called it. He had it. But it was because he didn't think it was Irish enough. You mean Van Morrison, not Jim Morrison? I, did, misappropri- I do yeah, mean Van Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah. It misappropriated Morrison. Van Morrison. Yeah. Writers uh, in Belfast. Boom. Here, two more. Boom, boom, did Armin White like Tick, Tick, Boom? Ooh. No. No, because oh, it's no. too millennial. No, it's, it's too... because Lin Manuel Miranda directed it, and he hates Latinos. There you go. Oh, there's you heard it so here for bonus points. Reason. For bonus points, what other biopic does he reference in his poll quote? Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, no, I agree with that actually. Yeah, I think no. I've seen this review. Uh, um, Rocket Rocket Man. You're all wrong. Oh, You're wait, right. They oh, didn't like it. Oh wait, wait. Do you want to make a guess? No, I want to hear it. No, let's oh, probably Green Book or something. Like that. No, but it's uh, well, you're, you're closer. Tick Tick Boom uses the Jonathan Larson careerist cult to promote Broadway narcissism. It's the most obnoxious showbiz biopic since D Lovely disgraced Cole Porter. Oh wow, wait, I would never wait. in a million years have guessed that. The Lovely, you mean? Yep. What? Oh my! And he thought it just, disc- yeah. Well, I mean, it was a bad well, movie, to be fair, yeah. but. 
But disgrace. I think Cole Porter wasn't the disgraceful. I, I think that. Cole Porter did a lot of other things to disgrace himself. Not yeah. Give you know the estate give the rights to 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 Lovely. Well, it's actually, it's part of the American Songbook. It, there's no estate anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, last one, and then we can wrap. Did Armin Light like House of Gucci? Uh, I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah, on this one, I'm gonna say yes because it's so bad that it might appeal to him somehow. Not the movie, the, I would feel that he would hand deliver Jared Leto's Oscar to him, right? So, yeah, the I'm performance of the year to Italians, or is it just me? It's like, if I was Italian, I find that offensive. Oh yeah, the whole oh, country of Italy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, be the, offended by that movie. It's a it's a pizza pocket performance. Yeah, I mean he he's playing Super Mario. <laughs> Lady Gaga is playing a Russian mobster. Not like pockets. it's very weird. <laughs> I don't exactly. like Lady Gaga, but I feel like if that was like a limited series and it was like, yeah, if it was, oh, it it, it so would have been should have been like a Ryan Murphy, yeah. uh, well, oh, yeah. without it, without Ryan Murphy though. But. It almost should be more trash than it is. Yeah, um, yeah, Steve? it should have been a little trashier. Like it just didn't go all the yeah. way. Yeah, it, it should have been at the dump. Well, do, do we have a bunch of yeses here? Is that yes. one? Yeah. Or... yeah. I'm gonna say no then. Oh, look at Steve going. This well, is the great. first movie I saw back in theaters in over two years, so I was like, two thumbs oh, up. Amanda, oh, <laughs> this was the first movie you saw back in. Oh, oh boy, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Hey, well, hey, you know, I was in Ohio. Ohio. Uh, yeah, so I was on a sugar high. I'm like, two thumbs up. I love it. Totally. I'll, I'll pray for you uh, though, Father, Son. Did the sugar high last two hours and forty minutes though? Jeez, it lasted. So long. <laughs> she had a very big frozen coat. Just through the it's previous. Ohio. It's the first movie they had back in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Hey, fair. don't. They, I get to say it. You can't. I'm they from let, Buffalo. They, close enough. They went. They went from Bloodshot two years ago to this. Right. Um, the last movie I saw in theaters before this was that horrible Ben Affleck basketball movie. That so, wonderful oh, movie oh, that was my third favorite movie of last year. Yeah. Sure. Way back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was, she's talking about. The, she's talking about the sequel. Yeah. yeah the way way the way back. way back. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Spoiler alert. the negatives and carry the and get the insurance money. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Everything I said today, uh, Armin White hated. Uh, uh, because he called he says ultra hack Ridley Scott. Oh wow. Redefines That's banality mean. in House of Gucci. A cornball reality drama. He's a cornball well reality Steve. critic. Well played. Yeah. Well, there we go. Nice so let's to know, wrap up. It's nice to know that the January 6th crowd still has a critic out there. Yeah. Well, can't wait to see what he sees of, thinks of Don't Look Up. No, I'm, um, sure. But that's I'm, for, sure, I'm sure he'll love it because he'll, it, it involves everyone in Hollywood of, dying. You know what I mean? Oh, no, it's a triumph of uh, the uh, President Orlean administration. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a hero worship for that. No, we'll, we'll come back to that. His favorite chips or Cheetos? Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Everyone will go in the same order. Say where you could be followed. Give your socials. Promote what you want to promote. And don't give um, out your social security number. No, no, specifically your social security number. I have Wait, some shit. Now I you got to buy. Amanda, write yeah. it down. Write it down and then turn on your Zoom camera for me. Um, and then if you want, tell me one film that will be on your top ten list. Don't pick your number one. Just pick one. Miles, uh, you. Yes. So you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Uh, please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. 
And uh, a film, actually, it's one that uh, was brought up earlier talking about uh, top tens. A film that will definitely be on my top ten is In the Heights. It's uh, been very consistent in my top five all year, and I would need to see right now at least seven films I'd like better before it got pushed out. Mm. Mm. Um, And pick a different film, by the way, so we can have more. Yeah, Everyone everyone picks In the Heights. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Except Joey, because he doesn't like Joey. Um, Anyway, you can find me. I actually did like Joy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Was a movie. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Ryan McQuaid77. You can find my work here, right in session film or at Awards Watch or at Film Speak. Um, there's definitely one movie, um, and, it, and it won over at the New York Film Critics, their top prize, and a movie that will definitely be in my top 10. It is. Uh, Drive My Car, which is a a beautiful film. I absolutely loved it. Uh, A movie that is three hours long. And I know that sounds like a very daunting task for a lot of people, but it's a beautiful, soulful uh, meditation on how one handles grief through art. And I am still thinking about it uh, throughout this week. And I saw it last week and it's, it's, it's incredible. So yes, if you... Uh, I don't believe it comes out until like early January or late December, but if you can get a chance to, and you have the patience and I, yes, I know everything is three hours long, but like maybe skip nightmare alley and maybe skip West side story. Um, you know, so you can watch something like this. Cause this is a movie that, that really earns its three hours and, and flies by fast. All right. Amanda. Uh, I'm going to go with Jane champions power of the dog girl get that oscar this time i uh, was shocked at how much i love this film and the subtle nuances throughout um you can find me on twitter at miss amanda spears very excited that movies are coming back and that they're still available on demand early rentals yay steve you can find me on twitter and letterboxd at film snork you can also listen to my other podcast the verse where we discuss all great things cinematic universes related the twitter verse uh, the uh, all the verses okay. every verse Just is covered sure. you wouldn't believe we've covered over seven hundred and fifty thousand topics that's a lot um, of verses it is it, it mm-hmm. truly is Lovers. the multiverse is next and that's going to make it even bigger oh, oh. um my selection not my number one film of the year yeah. but a film that i think definitely uh deserves some attention is the Green Knight? Yeah, David Lauer's work, uh, Dev Patel, the cinematography, the art direction. There's so much to love about it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, if you don't understand it, see it. Go read the Wikipedia page or whatever you want to do to get your, uh, you know, to catch up on on all the Arthurian legends, and then go watch it again. And uh, it's it's well worth your watch for for many reasons. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There's Thanks my pick. You can find me, Joy Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards Radar on most of those things if you want to, again, contact with the site itself. Um, everyone knows my number one of the year, so that's not really a surprise right now. Something else that currently is in my 10, and sure, some things could uh, rearrange when I do revisiting and, and catch up on a thing or two. Um, but I'm going to throw out uh, something that I don't think a lot of people are going to have, the Tender Bar. I really responded to the Tender Bar. I thought it was just a completely lovely little film. Like Clooney, when he goes big, sometimes I think 
loses the grasp of like what he's good at. But this was, I think, his best film since Good Night and Good Luck. Like I loved it and Affleck for the Oscar. Like so hard. Yeah. Oh, I love him in that movie. He is. Is there so any chance good. of Affleck uh, double nominee with that and uh, Last Duel? The Last Duel. I mean, he's supporting him. He's sure, supporting him both. So probably not. Oh. He's great in the last well, duel, but oh, one certainly could help the, the other. Yeah. But we will talk more about Tender Bar in the weeks to come. It's coming out, I think, two or three more weeks still, so it's got a little ways yeah, to it go. Comes out of the week of Christmas. Yep. Stay tuned for my review. Um, as you're listening to this, uh, don't look up is up on the site. Being the Ricardos is up on the site. We we got almost everything there. So until next week, everyone be safe. Get your booster, and we will uh, hopefully see all of you eventually at the movies. Bye. Bye, y'all. All right, we can do a countdown and stop it. Three, two, two one. All right, one. Ryan has the audio. <laughs>